Welcome to episode 455 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. No, he's not wearing a hat, but yes, he is wearing a shirt. <laughs> it's Russell John. You gotta, you gotta retire those. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I feel like every three months I come up with something and then uh, we just roll with that for a little while. Oh my and, uh, God. Yeah, but me getting the runway every episode. What do you mean? I don't know. I mean, you're, I, I understand the bit and that's why I never wanted to highlight its uh, repetition, especially yeah. when you normally critique me on that all the time. But yeah. I'm not wearing the hat because you keep saying it. Once you stopped it, pop back on. Again, I have uh, <laughs> I've crowned myself as the post-cringe daddy, Shad. as we talked about pre-show, as I even went and changed my name in our chat to reflect that new title. Yeah. Craig so, Anderson, shout out. So just, how's he doing? I don't know. I hope good. I hope so. Yeah, because the last time we talked to him, I think Australia's caught in fire like 90 times. That's true. Cotton is a new word. I'm yeah. Gonna, they got a little bit of a authoritarian uh, government over there, too. Well, bringing in our subject on all of those things related <laughs> to Australia is Randy Michaelstad. Randy, hello. Hello, what's up? My throat's on fire right now. I don't know about Australia. <laughs> what about your sex on fire? I do. <laughs> no, non-existent. No, his throat's on fire because of the sex. Why? Is, yeah, yeah. What, dude, you got gonorrhea of the throat? The what's spicy going on? Spicy pickle. Um, I still got some some GERD or acid reflux, dude. I just ate a, uh, in between our break, I ate a... Uh, a small um, microwave burrito, and that uh, <laughs> that triggered my uh, my acid reflux. So wait, what? Okay, a small microwave burrito. Yeah. Uh, now the, the burritos that I now, Randy, you got to know who you're talking to. I've had many a microwave burrito. If uh-huh. I never met Oxana, it's the only thing I would eat. And um, I know for a fact that microwave burritos only come in triple X and XL. There is no small. So what the know. hell? Tina, is Tina's offers a small. How small are we talking? It's about? pretty small. Mm. You can eat like two of them. It's like an El Monterey. Yeah. Oh, how much is this? Some gourmet shit? No. No. El like Monterey. In the freezer aisle in like big El packages. Monterey. Okay, no, you right. should know El Monterey. Yeah, Come on, that ain't gourmet. Are they gone? They used to have like I remember. I'm a one. Tina's man. Turner. Randy, you fuck with the Tinas. Uh, I don't know if I've had Tina's before now. Tina's burritos? <laughs> <laughs> You've never had Tina's burritos? No. Uh, bringing in Oksana Valerian of Osachi. Oksana, you know about Tina's? Um, I've seen it in the freezer aisle, but since it's uh, usually when we're buying freezer burritos, it's quantity over quality. So um, okay. we are El Monterey. I want to be very clear. El Monterey. One can procure All day. a Tina's burrito for 19 cents. What? I have seen them as low <laughs> as 19 cents. Now, the larger Tina's burrito is that you speak, the XXL variety, these can run in range of $1.29. Oh, yeah, baby. Tina's burrito. Yeah. Look at the. T- also, what you want to do is you want to get the green. Yeah, I go green. You go green, baby. Go green. I don't green. know. I like the bean and cheese, too, not the beef. Bean and cheese is. Oh, no. The, 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 uh, the red. The red and the uh, the beef, that's good. You know, it's fucked up. I was totally, totally wrong there. You get the green. I haven't had one of those burritos in forever. I'm all about the El Monterey XXL. You heat that up and hit it with Tapatio, man. Also, it's so I wanna, fucking good. 
and you bring up an excellent point for our new listeners. I want them to. I'm speaking of a former Clark. You understand? <laughs> this is not current Clark. Current Clark does not engage in such illicit activities as frozen burritos. You added yourself, dude. As we're about to talk about the new Taco Bell menu item, <laughs> but <laughs> I just want to be very clear that uh, I have much more elevated taste. Outside of that, Tina's burritos five stars. And for new listeners, we will talk about film at some point. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? We lure you nerds in with the movie talk, but you stay because of the rapport. We'll see you next week. Randy, how's everything over in Atlanta? <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. Uh, Give us a weather update. Uh, it's cooling down a little bit. Uh, we haven't got any, any any rains or anything from the uh, the hurricane that uh, I think is causing some some northeast uh, thunderstorms and stuff. My sister and uh, Brother-in-law and my nephew are in Boston right now. I guess they got a bunch of bunch of thunderstorms over the past couple of days, but we're we're in the clear here. I went on a good old like eighty-minute walk this morning. Got my ten k steps in before 10, 10 a.m. So we're chilling, dude. Did you did you take a nice stroll in the neighborhood, or did you go to a park? What was the, I drove was the, uh-huh. to a coffee shop in my old neighborhood and walked a trail for roughly 70 minutes, 80 minutes. There's a trail at the coffee shop? Uh, close what kind to of fantastic yeah, I mean, like concrete trail that goes through the city, not a uh, not a not a foresty trail. Oh, a concrete trail that goes Concrete baby. Russell, we're talking about an urban trail. This sounds yeah. like a found footage film. Pave paradise, dude. Oh, put up a parking lot. Russell, what are you researching? Um, uh, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> did you hear about the uh, newest Hollywood apology video? Oh, my God. I did. You did, right? No, I don't know. I watched it, but yeah. It's about your boy, Danny Masterson. Okay. Who no. Got, who got 30 years? Oh, okay. All I know is that I saw a clickbaity article on uh, Twitter slash X. Um, and it was something akin to Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis had to apologize for defending Danny Masterson. Well, they, and that was all I yeah, know. They, they basically like 50 people wrote letters of a uh, character to the judge. What did he do? Uh, he got convicted out of two out of three, um, R word trials. Oh yeah. Bad stuff. That's not good. He got 30 years for R word. Yeah. Two counts. Oh. And uh, they basically wrote something. I think uh, Mila wrote that he was a Big Brother like esque role model, like George Orwellian they, sort yeah, of Big Brother. A lot of people were saying he had a really good work ethic. Anyway, I started looking at this because <laughs> Randy said, "Yeah, really, they're like hey, he's a great worker." So you know, let this one go. But he does do the raping. Yeah, not that good with women, but you know, he, he's really diligent, always on time. Um, Randy said something about going clear, and I'm like, "Oh, let me look up some Scientology shit." I was going to try and drag your boy Tom Cruise through the mud. And I actually yeah. found an article about Scientology awesome. Spotlight, Danny Masterson, Tom Cruise, Leah Rem- Remini. Remini. Who's that? Oh, my God. Leah Remini? Leah Remini is the rat who was in Scientology, and then she whistleblowed, and she was the wife in uh, King of Queens, the greatest sitcom <laughs> of all time. Yeah, uh, the rest of the headline is Illuminate Hollywood Church Drama. So I don't know. If you, I don't know. 
I was reading that. That's what I was doing. Also, she is a rat. I want to be clear on that. <laughs> I know you. You never want your boy jeopardized. That's a, no, I'm just Tom saying Cruise. we have to. We have to honor both sides of the coin. All right, whistleblowers on one side, rats on what's, the other. What's the distinction there? What you mean? <laughs> Between a whistleblower and a rat. Well, it depends on what side you're on. Okay. Well, they're both like revealing shit, right? They both it's feign the same. Loyalty. You're doing the same thing, okay, but on so one side you're a whistleblower, and the other side you're a rat. Okay. So you're saying they're peas in a pot. It's the same thing, <laughs> okay. but it's uh, the only distinction is your perspective. Yeah. One uh, will get um, shipped to another country where they hide for the rest of their lives. The other will be shanked in a prison. Yeah. But they're really the same thing. Look, some whistles need to be blown. Some do not. All right. There you go. We'll <laughs> see you next week. Okay. All right. Uh, any more Hollywood gossip no, dirt you, you want to bring up? Okay, you know, let's go back to the XXL burrito from Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. No, I want to talk about Taco Bell. So, uh, you guys had Taco Bell <laughs> last night. Mm-hmm. I had Taco Bell last night. I had and it that, this week. Oh boy. It's an easy go dude, to. T3, dude. We did it. Um MIB T3. You'll be talking about that later. They have a rolled chicken taco, is that what they're calling this uh catastrophe? Yep. Is it, is it like a meat with shit in the middle thing? Randy, Ren, did you have this? I had two bean burritos and that was it. God, the most. <laughs> of course you did. Oh, and then you wonder where your acid reflux comes in. But it's very interesting because you eat like a newborn Robin. He eats like a fucking skinny blonde girl. No, or something. I, no, yeah, I can eat a lot. I can put a lot of food down. You he guys can. Seen me. He can. <laughs> he, he can put a lot of food down. But I, I mean, he does eat clean. He eats pretty clean. Sometimes he eats like a pauper. Going like clear. these little rice and beans, fucking Gandhi over here. But also, Randy, I and I again, I want to be very clear. I am no doctor, but <laughs> the rate at which you consume food is slightly alarming. I've been trying to slow down, and that may I be that that could be an issue too. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is, dude. Because you you scarf it down, baby. It's yeah. I mean. You're, I, and I appreciate it. You are efficient, and that is one of my favorite things about you, Randy. <laughs> but I think, I think we, need to, we need to enjoy stopping and smelling the roses. Russ, can you help? No. You kind of do, do the, the same, same thing. thing. You shovel shit, too. <laughs> I ain't got time. You got to enjoy some things. For what? The video game can wait. I also can't let food go. Like, if it's on the plate, it's got to go. It's got to get eight. If it's on the plate, it's got to get eight. Yeah, see, we are different people. I know, because you eat like a little hamster. I do. You're, you're like a mouse living in the wall. I'm a taster. You're like, did somebody nibble on my book? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm a taster. Dude, did you... Oh, God. The rats attacked the house. Did you see that? What? They ate our basil plants in the backyard. What are you talking about, rats? I'm... Get, ain't no rats. Hmm, the, uh, We're setting up fucking cameras. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, they took them. They abducted them. All right. It's okay. like a kidnapping. They're gone. Okay. Well, cameras are being set up in the back for Please surveillance. Please do. I am also purchasing uh, Pelagons. Oh, dude, it could be our first in-world camera film. It's called Rats and Fireworks. Uh, rat Catcher. Ratting on- Rat Catcher 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a little different than the first oh, one. What did you want to talk about, Taco Bell? The rolled chicken taco. Basically oh what Nobody's this is, that. It's, a t- it's a taquito, essentially. I love a taquito. Oksana, can't you agree? 
Confirmed. That's what this is. Okay. It's overpriced a, taquito, too. It's an overpriced big taquito. I will say the inside, not as much chicken in I, as I would like. Also, the you know most taquitos, when you had the chicken, it's going to be a shredded chicken. I like a shredded chicken taquito. This was not. Uh, also, it was more creamy than I had anticipated, but I also didn't hate the outside. Um, three and a half. All right. Uh, remember, uh, I wish I had a like eh, button I could hit because we do not do three and a half unless you're on the 12 star rating oh, system. I'm sorry. This is a food review. Also, so <laughs> I can do whatever the no, fuck I want to no, do. Also, no, no more half stars, man. No. Food, food, you get half. All right. Convert it then. Oksana, what do you? What would you rate it? Out of twelve. God, don't do it. <laughs> Out of twelve. Twelve. Um, five. Oh, okay. But uh, what degree are we talking about here? I'm not gonna order them again. <laughs> that's a good. There you go. Then that's right, like you heard a, it here. It's a five out of twelve. <laughs> again, the only answer. I if, didn't hate them. Where no. they are overpriced. If you're getting it delivered, the only thing you should be getting from Taco Bell is the two-person party pack thing or whatever. You get two crunch wraps, two bean burritos, two soft tacos, two chips, and it's like the fucking same price as the the crunch wrap meal. Two coffins. Two oh, I know. Especially if you eat like I do. You know how proud I felt that I did not finish that whole bag? Yeah. I went, I'm not doing it. I didn't eat the chips. I ate a couple of them. It felt I good, didn't them. it? I didn't eat either soft taco because what the fuck is a soft taco? I don't like those. I like the crispies over there. I ate a bean burrito and I definitely ate both crunch wraps. <laughs> you I'm ate like, two crunch wraps? Yeah, I know. I didn't feel great about Ooh. that. <laughs> and I didn't. Boy. Even, I should have stacked them. God damn. Shut the fuck. You wish you could. Two crunch wraps Supremes? <laughs> yeah. That's insane. You know, you know what's funny? Because we, we order it while playing D&D and someone's like, I don't know what kind of crunch wrap I got. It's a Supreme. I'm like, is there another kind? Is there an inferior <laughs> crunch wrap inferior? The crunch wrap, that's a home run yeah, menu item. It's also a lawsuit. You heard about that, right? What you mean? They uh, they got sued because they're advertising. Like, here's the thing. You're suing a fast food company because you're like, you didn't deliver on your advertisement. Yeah. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Who would do that? And then you look at, you know, the crunch wrap and how they market that. And you're like, that is a completely different product. Um, just Google it. I mean, it's a real thing that happened. You can't tease like this, dude. But this is we're supposed to be offering hard news I'm on this. Show. Why are you laughing? Because there's pictures of their advertised crunch wrap and the weird. It looks like a run over crunch wrap. The person. Received. Yeah. Okay. I'll pull it All up right, for show Clark. Me. again. I, this isn't like a visual podcast, but pull it up, JMO. You can play along at home. That's the advertisement. That's the crunch wrap. So, I mean, you put it next to each other and you're like, this is so starkly different. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a crunch wrap that sickly before. Uh, I mean, I ate two last night. <laughs> can you can you make it bigger? I, I wish. That's what the lawsuit's about. Well, that's a very good joke. I, <laughs> I have never seen one that looked that stupid. Dude, what are you talking about? But I, But conversely... I have never seen a crunch wrap that looks like the picture no, that is portrayed. But I've definitely seen that ad all the time. I, yeah. But it never even, I'm so cynical. I've been so beaten down by every aspect but, of life. But here is my issue. <laughs> when you bite into a crunch wrap supreme, yeah. you are satisfied. Yeah, it's fine. It's a lot of so bread. So who cares? It's fucking bread and bread and a little bit of lettuce and there's a little bit of meat product. They put sure. In there. But I mean, I love them. Don't get me wrong. All right. Diablo sauce only. No, fire, baby. Oh, yeah, okay. 
I don't like the I don't like the the, the heat the sort of you don't like the hair it no, puts on your chest. No, no, no. It's the. Uh, it's, it's almost kind of like a mole sort of base to it. It's got that darker, okay. and I'm not into that. I don't the want the fuck that. out of here with your. I want the straight fire. Your Food Network talk. Fire sauce is the best. Randy, what are you a mild guy? <laughs> wow, dude, take I that would, back. I would usually go Diablo, but this past week when I got it, I went mild because of my uh, my issues. Yeah, and it was fine. It was good. You know, you play with fire, you get a hole in your stomach. That's what happens. Oh, brother. And I, I know when it happens and I have to go to the hospital and they're like, you can't eat hot food anymore. I'll be like, I, I knew this was coming. And you will continue to eat hot food. Yeah. You dance with the Diablo, you get the hole. Randy, can we clip that? <laughs> <laughs> and analyze it? <laughs> or maybe don't. All right. Did you have any more garbage to talk about up top? No, just the this, I, I love the obstacle we put in front of everybody listening every week. It's like if you really want to hear about this movie, you'll make it through here, or just skip. I guess I don't know who does that. You need to stop discounting yourself on how entertaining. <laughs> I have fun with it, but it feels very self-indulgent. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's podcast. called podcasting. <laughs> Both of you, shut Boo. the fuck up. I'm here for the people, goddammit. it. Yeah, the people in your bit. <laughs> bit i don't do bits dude. oh you're doing a bit right now oh is it that it's, time that time all right well i don't know i feel weird now you don't, <laughs> you don't set him up like that he's a you know fantastic film you know back in the day when he did the show i used to pull up like a movie from his uh filmography and really give him the proper introduction he's david lynch again if you're new to the show david lynch he's been he, he's a uh pillar of this community and he used to intro every episode, and then he took a hiatus, and we coaxed him back with a lot of money and a little bit of a computer power. And cocaine. And cocaine. And now he's back, and uh, he demanded that we install a futuristic door. And um, You think he does blow? No. Does he party? I don't think so. Randy, does he party? He, he catches me as like a psychedelic dude, maybe, Hell but yeah. probably not. Yeah. I think yeah. he gets high off of that. Uh, well, he's like the father of the meditation of TM. Yeah, that's yeah. He wrote a book on it. Him and Some, something about <laughs> I'm a fish, catch me or something. I, I would yeah, love I to hear those two. It. Oh, what you gave up on the DL? Yeah, I bought it and I started reading it, and then uh, yeah, I think it's in California still. Oh wow, you didn't even bring it home, dude. No. All right. Well, on, with that introduction, let's welcome in uh, David Lynch. <laughs> Good morning. It's September 10th, 2023, and it's a Sunday. Before we get to my fun train segment, I just want to say how happy I am that we're not recording on the 11th. Clark is incapable of respecting American tragedy, and I'd probably need to quit the show again. Thankfully, it's the 10th. So, day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling today. I will be jogging to the dining car where I will both get my steps in and my coffee on. Hell Everyone yeah. have a great day. <laughs> Dude, David. He, he always sounds like he's breaking down at the end of that. Also, you would have said incredibly unpolite things if we were recording. Also seemed like a very strange September 11th crowbar. <laughs> 
you know, when we were playing D&D, I was watching like three hours of unedited footage of September 11th. <laughs> As you do. And the people at the table were like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm still looking for clues, guys. You know, here's the thing. In high school, when it actually happened, I just didn't care. I was like, what? I don't know where these buildings are. What? And it was all over and everybody was talking. But now as an adult, I'm like, wow, the youth. <laughs> They're really dumb. So, yeah. Love you, David Lynch. And Clark will definitely respect the tragedy. For, I will never forget. Where were you when the <laughs> turned in, dude? I do own a copy of uh, Murder, Death, Koreatown that is uh, recorded over the 9-11 incident. It's so appropriate, huh? <laughs> well, there are three versions. I think one was Jim Jones yeah. doing a, uh, I don't think it was televised, probably like a closed circuit thing. And the other one, I can't remember. It was like a ballet sort of thing. I think there was, uh, no, the ballet was the. the well, what we showed. Yeah, the That's one time. was. Oh, I do still have that, but you can't play it anymore. Oh, because um, I broke it all here. <laughs> ran over it with the car pathetically it did not die <laughs> i remember that that was good also that took uh that took some uh choreography to get going i know good job yeah then madeline couldn't <laughs> kill it with her car <laughs> yeah good cars, time. cars don't work that way although i did watch a body cam uh video i know but that was you know that's part of the bit yeah the body cam video cars were working. The Mary J. Blige? Is that a oh the movie? Yeah. I never watched it. Uh, you shouldn't. I know. It's bad. Five stars. Yeah, we did. Out of two. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we saw it. I feel like it was talked about on this program. Yeah, I feel like you did see it. Mary J. Blige? Yeah. God, I feel like I did watch it. What's it called? Body cam? Yeah, I think it's called Body Cam. Uh Body Cam from 2020? Yep. Did we watch? Oh, wow. Was, I do. It was COVID camp. All right. Now, here, here's the test. If I can jump on Letterboxd and I reviewed that, I probably didn't, though. I oh, you, There's no way you did. Out of your respect for Mary J. Blige. I would love if I gave it. Am I, I'm not logged in. All right. Hopefully, I gave it a three. I don't. I have no memory of this movie. You logged it? No, I, I didn't. I don't think so. Yeah, it's not good. You know, I was watching Kill Tony, though, and he was talking, I guess, came up and was like, hey, you don't remember me? And he was like, you know, I I have a recycling system in my brain and I can't really I don't hold on to a lot so I can be present all the time. And I'm like, wow, that's what I have. I don't remember anything. So I could be here in the moment with you. all. Yep, the time. Nope, that's not what you have. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that. That's what you it, think you have. I, that's what I thought I had. It could also be the metal bat that hit me when I was in uh, middle school. There we school. go. That's now we're now we're getting closer to home. <laughs> it might have been that. Gave it a three. I did. You did. See, look, this is like y'all, y'all. Further proof of the bat. You all need no proof of my rating system. I know we've we've moved over to the twelve star, but this is a oh. fucking three movie. I made a promise. Three stars. I will not remember this movie. All right. I had to be yelled at by a producer that I had watched. Can I? I want to, uh, can I suggest something? And I mean this seriously. I I have no problem and I will fully, I, I mean this. Are you about to shill a vitamin or something? What do you? No, I, I, I will fully commit to that stupid system <laughs> being how we rate movies on this show. I've got, honestly, why not? We can do that. 
but you have to keep it up on the screen for me because oh, I, I, I know I'm not going to be able to remember it. So like, I've got no problem switching over to that. I just need to have a reminder of it <laughs> for the first month. <laughs> okay, but you know, honestly, the 12 star kind of complicates my shit because a three in a five star system would actually be a what? Well, the thing is, is that we have to educate our, 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 our customers. <laughs> We have to educate our listeners on this as well. Um, this is a big monumental wait, shift. Randy, you're the math guy. What is a three and a five star rating and a 12 star rating? Probably like a four. What? I feel like that's wrong. Wouldn't a three or be no, higher? Like a s- can, you, can you put seven? It it's too high, right? Yeah, because I wouldn't. A seven isn't a fr- Oh, maybe it is, though. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up. I got to. He sent it to the goddamn wrong email. First off, he sent it to the Overlook Theater email, oh, not overlookhour at gmail.com. Gross. Which, if I can remember it, I got hit with a metal bat and I remembered that. So, right, the 12 star system. Yeah. One to three stars, unwatchable, bad. Four to six, mediocre. Seven to nine, pretty good. 10 to 12. <laughs> you yada yada over that. I'm, <laughs> I'm making my own. I'll stick with the numbers, but the sentiment, that's all me, baby. All right. So Mary J. Bo- what the hell is that? Was that movie called Cop Cam? Body Cam? Oh, I can't fucking remember. Actually, it's I, I kind of like the three segments. One to four is bad. Five to eight is average. Nine to 12 is good. Okay. One to six, do not recommend. Seven to 12, recommend. Okay, well then the three would definitely fall into the five to eight. So Randy was correct. It would be like, I don't know, six. But- all right, so if we're gonna move, uh, if we're gonna move ahead, as this is our metric, then we need to be very clear that half stars are not allowed in yeah, this no, world no anymore. Half. That's a problem. All right, I like a half. Randy, how are your feelings on this? Love a half. You want to move ahead with this rating system? Or are we gonna I already on? have. All right, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll just uh, get a calculator out we can convert his rating every time he gives one okay we'll just keep that up okay <laughs> and we'll be fine all right we'll throw it over to atlanta georgia over there with randy michael stat uh it is september in georgia and randy is wrapped up like he is in an igloo <laughs> in deep winter randy what's going on yeah, I got a zip up hoodie on. You guys like you guys know that I like to keep it cool inside the house, so uh, I got a hoodie I, on. As you, now, Randy, have you figured out where that uh, air filter is, and you you changing out your filters? No, I don't think I have any. Oh my god! <laughs> I showed you I, I showed you pictures. I've looked throughout my house, and uh, it seems like there may not be filters. <sighs> Randy, there's always filters. Randy, I need. If so, it's beneath, underneath my house in the crawl space, which doesn't seem like it makes sense. That's where he keeps the women. All right. Please send me pictures of your condensing unit so that I can inspect. Sure. Thank you so much. All right. See, we talk, we talk about home, home welfare as well on the show. <laughs> Hell God. yeah. That's what we do. Home welfare. Is that a thing? That, I don't know. I don't either. All right. Randy Michael, what's going over there? Atlanta, what did you see this week? Did you go to your beloved Plaza Theater? Or, oh, yes. Also, Randy, real quick. Uh huh. Weeks ago, Russell John the Fisherman, the man sitting across the table from me, 
uh, we were watching some uh, YouTube videos, and and Russell decided to pull up uh, the video store uh, that you uh, inhabit uh, down there in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was some weird YouTube thing that we watched with a couple nerds talking about the video store. Just one. It was one nerd. It was Mm -hmm. a weird video. Russ, your thoughts? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I liked it, but I did make a comment. I'm like, dude, everybody here looks like Randy. Yes, everyone in the video looks <laughs> some sort of iteration of you. I get that, yeah. There's a guy there that, you know, I've checked movies out from that looks kind of like me. I think we're both awkward and, you know. Hot? Yeah, extremely hot. <laughs> now, you ever seen any, uh, uh, any all the single ladies down there at the, uh, what's it called, Lost Weekend? Uh, video drum. Video drum. What's last weekend? The one that was here. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hawkman. Dude. Hawkman. Shout out. Oh, but there is a new uh, record store opening up in a theater. The Four Stars doing yes, it. There is. Yeah. Huh. I saw that the other day. Yeah. So move back, Randy. Sure. To answer your question, I I've seen females in there, but I do not inquire what their marital status is. Look at look at the hand, Randy. Oh, Randy yeah. That's that's one. And then sure. two. You don't give a shit. <laughs> All right. Wolf's got to eat, baby. Nah. Or, yeah, because you've got your whole antacid issue, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> GERD. Did you say turd? GERD. G-E-R-D. It's basically acid reflux. That sounds like acid reflux. That's an ugly word. I thought he was talking about the actress uh, Gerdwig. Greta? <laughs> I don't know. What movie are you talking about? Because I'm dying. I, I will tell you, me and Terrell were hanging out. We watched Hell a movie yeah. I'm not talking about on here. But we did pull up your letterbox. I, I can't remember why. But you watched the movie that I think you're talking about today. I saw it on the agenda, and I'm dying to hear about it. So, Is it Pee Off? Yeah, it's that one. Okay, I did see this one at the plaza on Friday uh, after work. You saw that in a theater, too? I did, yeah. All right. What a tease. Uh, so it is a oscilloscope film that oh, is boy. shot on a 16 millimeter. Oh boy. Um, very, very good looking movie. Um, and essentially it is about uh, the main character. Um, so she has a sibling that apparently suffers a nervous breakdown and Eva, who is the main character in the movie, uh, is forced to take on... Um, their sibling's job as a Foley artist. And she is essentially doing the Foley for this commercial. Uh, and she's trying to do Foley for like ho- horse sounds. Um, there's <laughs> <laughs> more like the, uh, the, like the feet sounds and the noises. Oh, that Monty the, Python. Uh, yeah. Coconuts. That's all you need, dude. And she has some, uh, some sort of inventive ways, uh, to go about this. And then there is other stuff that happens in the movie, but, uh, I, it's literally in the IMDB, uh, you know, synopsis if you read it there. So, uh, I guess it's technically not a spoiler, but I feel like it's in the poster art, bro. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, till now I'd heard, I didn't realize that that's what that was because I didn't uh, either. I yeah. thought it was, she, she is on a bed and I thought it was some sort of a sheet. I looked at it immediately and I was like, why is a horse's mane no. growing out of her butt crack? That's, That's true. The, the other poster, the like blue and um, purple one is the one I saw and you can barely you can tell. Barely yeah. You have to be looking for it. But the one on the bed? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's a that's a horsetail out of a butt. So yeah, she uh, she eventually ends up growing a uh, a horsetail. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, the movie looks beautiful. Uh, it's shot very well. But I did get very Horse sleepy butt. during this movie. Oh, oh this sleepy! Movie, this movie kind of had the same problem that uh, a movie I was very looking forward to that I saw at the Plaza also. Flux also Gourmet. shot on sixteen. No, uh, love Flux <laughs> Gourmet. Uh, Ennis Main, uh, which is now oh, on yes. Hulu. And I know people love that movie, so maybe people that like that movie would like this movie. I should watch that. So I feel like it has similar sort of vibe where it's a little repetitive and kind of quiet, but there is a lot of like really good looking uh, cinematography. And uh, I don't know, I just, uh, it, the trailer makes it look sort of tense and like unnerving and it looked kind of, I don't know, thrillery, I guess you would say. And it obviously did think of... Um, Michael Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> obviously did think of uh, Peter Strickland just because of the uh, the Foley artist thing. And uh, I love a, a movie about sound, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't really explore that too much. And it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of repetitive um, with those scenes. Um, and I think it, you know, it's a, uh, not to ruin too much, but it's kind of like a exploration of um gender and identity and sexuality and stuff like that but um i don't know maybe if i saw it in the morning with a cup of coffee i would enjoy it a little bit more but uh like i said i i got really sleepy and i was having a hard time staying awake at uh 4 30 p.m on a friday watching this one randy i, I think a lot of this sounds like this is some randy problems <laughs> it might be because <laughs> i'm like randy this looks beautifully photographed it does. It looks, it looks, uh, the colors look, uh, super saturated. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of reds, we got a lot of blues and they oh, pop. Yeah. And, uh, it, this looks, uh, how long is this film? Uh, it's, I feel like it was short. Uh, yeah, hour it's 26. hour 26. And I feel like you, you like these, uh, these meandering movies, but something just, uh, caught you off on this one. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh you know it's kind of hard to describe sometimes what uh what works and what doesn't. Like I said, I, I do like a slow cinema. You know, you love Foley. It's your passion. I like Foley. Yeah, it's cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It it it, it did, didn't work for some reason. And uh, like I said, maybe I would revisit it along with uh Ennis Main with a uh you know cup of coffee or something earlier in the day. But uh, you would you do know, a double feature with this and Ennis Main. No, but maybe <laughs> so on, on separate occasions, uh, watch them earlier in the day. Yeah, me and Troll are very confused because, you know, pulled up letterbox. Randy, I think, gave it two and a half. And we're oh, like, yeah. what? We're like, what the fuck? And then we're like, well, what are other people saying? And the first review was a very, in quotes, not for me movie. Weird, horny and eccentric but doesn't infuse these elements well, so it falls apart and becomes incredibly dull. Horse girls make do. And we're like, why didn't Randy like this? And then now I'm finding out she's like a Foley artist. Come on. I, something's Barely. going on. Apparently, here. yeah, like I said, the, Barely. The, plot says that she, the plot says that she's taking over for her sibling that's also a Foley artist, but like she's apparently like not, not great at it. Uh, based on a couple, a couple scenes you see in the movie. I don't know. I just thought that it was weird that you would have a, a sibling relationship where both of them are Foley artists. Or I guess she's just kind of taking <laughs> over. It's like, 
that seems like a very high level job for someone to just like, just have your brother or sister take over because you have a mental breakdown, you know? Damn. That's so funny that, you know, I, I get it, Randy, because you know, when shit is so like cookie cutter for you that people on the outside look at it and they're like, how did you not like this? Those are always movies that I'm like, because it got too close to the fucking sun with me. And it's shit I like, but there's like distinctions here that you won't care about that drive me crazy. And Randy being like, this job is too serious for a sibling to pick up is hilarious, but I get it. I actually just watched a little like vignette that I think Vice did on a Foley artist. And she was so fucking eccentric about like all the different leather jackets she had and the way that you can step on coal to make it sound like ice being crushed. And she's like, it's not being accurate it's being inventive and i'm like yeah i don't think her brother's gonna step in there well that's yeah because yeah, like you know, yeah. that's that's their life yeah and then uh yeah how much nudity we got in this movie randy i don't think there's any whoa what the h are we even doing here now today? i know why I you fucking hate it, it. <laughs> oh my god snoozing dude, I don't think kitty suit. it looks like it's teasing a lot of it too with that cover and like i don't know the All trailer right, is out. kind of like uh you know it's kind of sexualized too in the certain scenes like uh you know sex sales, not, babe. yeah it's not uh but who's buying sex sales. <laughs> not me who's baby buying? yeah i don't like i said I, f- I felt like the trailer was doing a lot of heavy lifting compared to uh the movie. The movie was very quiet. Um, in a lot of parts, there's not much uh which I don't need a ton of dialogue, but I think just going on a on a Friday at the end of the week, you got yeah. not a lot of dialogue, not considering it's there's a, there's some foley stuff in it, but there's not a lot of uh there's no background music really. It, there's some scenes where there's like a dance club where the music, you know. Yeah. Pumps a little bit, but I don't know. It was just Ooh. Yeah. music bumps. <laughs> so Randy, you're saying she's more of a Dave Foley artist than a Foley artist. Sure. Definitely know who that is. Dave Foley from news radio. I've never seen the program. Oh my God. Whoa. Really? That, okay. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked. Also, Dave Foley, dude, you should know Dave Foley though. Yeah. He's a good guy. <laughs> That's a lot of people I don't know. All right, so Randy gave it a five. Is that on the new scale? Yeah, right? Two and a half times two, right? That's how we do it. (laughs) That's not how you get to 12, though. (laughs) Dude, the classic saying is you got to get to 12 by fives. Well, two and a half, it's right below. You have to pull the scale. It's half. Pull the scale, please. No, there's no conversion chart. It wasn't included. I'm going to wing it. All right. Here's the scale. And I'll spoil my next one now. To say that I also didn't love this movie, but oh I did my. like it more than Pee Off. <laughs> what are you, the fucking grumpy puppets in the balcony now? You just hate everything? Randy, yes, man. Randy gives it a six. It's a six and a new scale. How did you get there? Show your work. Because, Randy, you gave it a what? Two and a half? Yeah. See. Two and a half out of five. So that's half. So half of 12 is what? Six. Thank you very much. We'll see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> That's, I don't like that. That's okay. I that's think, math. I think that's it, what that is. I think it is correct math, but I think it's um, not true to the statement. I have a more artistic look when okay. it comes. to I don't to care writing. about your uh, your bullshit applied <laughs> mathematics, and that's why Piaffi isn't for you. Also, what does Piaffi mean, Randy? I, I like that title. No idea. Randy was really right. Piaffied after watching. Oh, the movie. Hey now.
right. You know what happened uh, during the screening, actually? Erection. Um, be- you because, there's- <laughs> yeah. because there's not a lot of talking in the movie, it takes about maybe 10, 15 minutes for there to be... Uh, it's in French, I think. Uh, the subtitles weren't on on the uh, on the oh, film. Oh no! Oh no! And so uh, they didn't have to restart it. They picked it up right back where it was. But uh, someone went out and told them, "Hey, I think the uh, the film doesn't have subtitles on." We've been there. Well, okay. Are you happy they didn't restart it? Because I feel like that's kind of a selfish choice. They're like, "We got a schedule. We got to pop it right back in." Where you know, if you reboot it, then maybe we can know what the fuck is going on. Well, there was no dialogue before. It took like 10, 15 minutes for there to be dialogue. Oh, God. That's rough. That's a nightmare. <laughs> Maybe it was shorter, but it, it felt like 10, 15 minutes. Dude, how do you know in the beginning of the movie they didn't mention that she was like deaf? And that's why there's no sound. <laughs> Wait, so they start? did they start over? No. No. So you missed the first 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, she's like, I'm deaf. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't damn. miss anything. I don't know why you guys are misunderstanding. <laughs> I know he saw it all. They're just, yeah, the words. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you didn't know what they were saying. I was speculating. They weren't saying anything until 10 minutes in. <laughs> but so then how did, I know, how did they know there were no subtitles? When it started 10 to 15 minutes in, they started talking. Then we realized there was no subtitles. And then they started the movie right from where we noticed oh. there was no subtitles. But it was in another language. <laughs> it was in Braille, dude. Read the program. <laughs> oh, leave Randy alone. This is fun. It's like Evan <laughs> Costello, but they're dumber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the movie uh, Rodeo is, no, uh, is not for me either. <laughs> what about the event a rodeo? Uh, never been. Actually, that's probably not true. My um, my family in Fresno, California, I think, have done, uh, have, I've been to some of those or one of those with them. Now, are you but, sure uh, they're in Fresno? They're actually in Riverdale. Okay. We need to be careful because... Last week, Clark uh, may have uh, mislocated a uh, football player to Richmond who was from Oakland. Yes. And everybody was so mad okay. about this. Okay. And Thank I just want to say that I'm so happy for once I am not on the other end of this and it's you and I get to just watch. Okay. I want to be very clear. I did make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I know that Marshawn Lynch is from Oakland. And I failed to mention that, and I thought I did mention that. I mentioned Richmond because he currently lives in Richmond. He talks about Richmond all the time. So I apologize. I don't want to take away your hero, Marshawn Lynch. I also know that Damian Lillard is from Oakland. MC Hammer is from Oakland. Anybody else? No, because Oakland fucking sucks. Mahershala Ali is from Hayward, but I think he also spent a lot of time in Oakland. He was born in Hayward. Richard Pryor spent a lot of time in Oakland. Who gives a fuck? All I'm saying. Mahershala <laughs> Ali and me born in the same city. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> First it was Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, and now it's Clark. Everybody's making apology videos. It's a really dark time. Marshall Lynch is tight. So yeah, you can watch the movie Rodeo on movie.com. It's a movie about uh, this young girl who gets into the uh, the sort of underground um, group, very male-heavy uh, group Ooh. of just bike riders, uh, motorcycle okay. riders. Uh, the motorcycle riding um, scenes in this movie are awesome. I kind of wish there was more of that. They're doing the, uh, the the 12 o'clock thing where you like go all the way back on the wheels and you're like do a wheelie like super high mm-hmm. and they're doing all sorts of other like cool road tricks and stuff. Uh, and then she she's also a pretty decent rider. She doesn't really do 
too much of the uh, the showy stuff, but um, she gets into this group and she ends up um, getting into sort of like bike thiefing and then they take it back to this shop um, where a lot of these dudes work and they, you know, get rid of serial numbers and then they sell bikes and stuff and uh, sort of becomes a little too melodramatic for me. I kind of wish it was more of like a uh, Harmony Corinne, like exploration uh, of kind of like knowing, getting to know the characters and sort of like hanging out and seeing more of the, uh, more of the, you know, the the fun bike stuff. It kind of, uh, I don't know, becomes a little too dramatic um, at times. And I really wasn't uh, along for the ride, so to speak. <laughs> I like but, how uh, you had a horse movie and a motorcycle movie. Hell really yeah. like writer heavy. Yeah, you're talking about two cool movies that you didn't like, either one of them. But I, here's I'm not thing. a cool guy, dude. <laughs> the trailer nah, for dude. Rodeo, it does really look like American Honey to me. It does, so, yeah. Yeah. So I could I could see going With in half there. the runtime. It's like it came up for American Honey and got fucking fast and furious. I could be I could see being annoyed. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. Uh I first heard about it because I think uh Robbie Smith saw it and or talked about it on his uh patreon podcast which i don't think he's going to be doing much longer um yeah well how did that burn out already i don't want to speak for robbie but i think uh it it sounded like because he did a post about it and he just made it sound like it's very hard for him to find time to watch movies and talk about it he felt kind of guilty since it wasn't a free podcast you know yeah. I mean, it was five bucks a month, you know, whatever, not, not incredible uh, amount of money, but uh, I told the him where coming from. chicken tacos <laughs> and Taco Bell. Yeah. I'm just bummed because I'm, I'm worried he won't put it out there and I want to hear him. I meant to fucking join the Patreon. Like when it first happened, I just, it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want to hear them. They're good. Well, yeah, you should, I you should listen are. to him when he's on this show. I know. <laughs> Dude. All right, Randy, what'd you write, Rodeo? Or Rodeo in some circles. Three out of 12? Damn, he really didn't like it. <laughs> Three out of five. So whatever that is. Oh my God. Uh, we just Randy. went through this like seven, seven and a half, something like that. That means, <laughs> that means so-so, fine, kind of good. Or do you yeah, mean yeah. it more to be mediocre, tolerable, or middling? The first one. I, okay, it's so-so. You it's give it a seven. I just, I could imagine... Randy on the street and like, you know, this is in the future when he's given into the 12 star rating and just meeting somebody and they're like, Hey, what'd you think of the movies? I don't know. Fucking seven and a half. And I'm like, Oh, you really liked <laughs> the it. Best movie ever. And you're like, no, it's out of 12. <laughs> like having, having that conversation. I can't wait for that. Before we leave this segment, I do have news for you guys. Based oh no. Oh, Russell. Movie related news. News. All right. I hate that one. My favorite one. By this time next week, I will have seen a Neil Breen film in <gasps> theaters. Already, Chris and I are going to go see Kate. I thought it already played at the Plaza. Maybe it did, but it is playing next Saturday. So you're seeing Kate: The Tortured Crossing next week. Correct. Can we can we yeah. book Christian after that? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Or how about this? Can we book a flight to Atlanta <laughs> I know. to go see it with a? Hey, here's the thing. Um, I really I really enjoyed that movie, and I was talking. It's a perfect twelve star movie. I, t- I I texted you know 
fucking I feel bad about it. I think I went on Letterboxd. I gave it around like an 11. Yeah. dude. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I don't know why it copped out. Last minute, I'm like, what was holding me back from a 12? It's 12. Baby. I think I gave it an 11. It's a full foot longer. It's haunting me. I don't know why I was holding back. Maybe I was like, it ain't no big shark, but honestly, it kind of is. I really like it. <laughs> it's a $5 foot I, long. Um, I was texting uh, Jake, the program director of the Alamo, Farm? and I'm like, uh, he was like, hey, how did you like Cade? I was like, dude, it was fantastic. And we we're talking about him. Like, I was kind of bummed we didn't get an intro from you. He's like, oh, well, I did the first showing. And I'm like, wait, that wasn't the first showing? He was like, no, there was one before it. I'm like, oh. I think it's Thursday. Okay. Maybe. I'm like, I thought it was like a one day event thing. I was like, honestly, I didn't even look at the calendar. I'm so removed. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I give it one. He's like, it's weird. I've kind of become a uh, Neil Breenian to people. People ask him about it and he like, will uh, clue them in. He's a brainiac. Yeah, he's a, I like that. A brainiac. Brainiac. And um, yeah, so maybe we'll, we'll get, uh, we'll get him on the line. We'll have Jake come in and, oh dude, we should have like a fucking. All right. We'll have a Neil Brain. Uh, a Brain Royale. Yeah, dude. When are, when are you watching this uh, movie, Ren? Uh, Saturday. I think it's the 16th. I don't know. 7 p.m. Uh, something like that. We can do it next week's show. Done. Greentown, USA. We do, free. do we have somebody booked next week? Oksana? No. Okay. Whole baby. <laughs> you know what? Let me text you. Greentown, USA. From State Farm? Can we get, let's get Brain on the horn. Brain in the USA. Can Jake get us Brain? Does he oh know Brain? Oh my God. We don't want Brain. Dude, you don't want to. I don't give a fuck. You don't want to meet the wizard. I want to meet the wizard. I want to tap the glass. Then why didn't. And tap that ass. When we were talking to Brock Laborde, again, longtime listeners, you know what I'm talking about. Breen is not Tommy. He's a chicken expert. Breen is not Tommy. Right? You know that. Breen, no, but I'm saying we didn't want to meet Tommy because you don't want to. Don't meet your idols, dude. Tommy, Tommy, Breen. This is a real estate agent. You're trying to unravel the enigma, and I think it's wrong. Neil Breen is a real estate agent. Those are trustworthy people. See, you're just a fucking real estate <laughs> fanboy. That's why I you want to meet him. real estate agents. No, then why do you look at it all the time? Because you have to know your enemy. <laughs> are you kidding me? That's what, rule number one of the art one. of war. That's baby. why you're talking to Randy about his fucking filters in his house. You want to be one. Randy's a homeowner and I'm trying to help it. <laughs> okay. All right. Neil Breen next week. All right, Randy don't want to go through next summer without an AC because his unit's been overworking because he hasn't been changing his filters. It's going to be a very expensive fix. But if, as soon as Randy gives me an idea of what kind of system he's working with here, I could maybe help him. Also, I feel like a quick Google on your part, Randy, yeah. would maybe <laughs> also help. That. Okay. Have you tried ChatGPT? No. Oh, that's another I'll be the Russell. Wow, you turned to AI, dude, that quick. I just <laughs> it went, like, went from a Google to AI. What do you want me to do? I do this show, <laughs> I live with you, I start to think like you. You are a fucking bellwether for Americans, and that's why we welcome David Lynch into our home. We'll see you next week. Randy, anything else? No, sir. All right. Uh, Russ, can you go back to the other document that you <laughs> I'm talking about today? Also, I'm not happy that I used bellwether. It's a really dumb term. Bellwether. And as soon as I start talking, Randy leaves the room. I, I'm dancing over here, so I was going to leave during his shit, but it was just too good. Him at the rodeo. You need to pee? I, oh, Go pee. What's new? Okay, well, you're going to... I'll vamp alone. I'm worried what you'll say if I leave the room. No, just leave the room. Everybody no. go take a pee break. I think I'm okay right now. And I'll vamp alone. I'll talk with Oksana Valerinova Osachi. 
Oksana, how's everything going today? Not bad. We got a baby jail for Cliff. A baby jail? <laughs> what is that? A playpen. <laughs> oh, for uh, like downstairs? Yeah, he's too grabby and uh, he likes to eat books and I don't want him to ingest too much paper. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that's advisable. So it, how big is how big is the playpen? Is he able to now Cl- Cliffy's not much of a crawler now, or is he getting to that way? He is. He's crawling That's now. That's why we need this now. Okay, excellent. Because <laughs> it used to be you could put him on the floor with some toys on his mat, he'd play. Now he just grabs the books and eat them. I got him a uh collapsible forty eight by fifty. I think it's a he- hexagon shaped mm-hmm. pen. Oh, very nice. Randy, who's just uh, joining us back from his bathroom uh, troubles. Uh, Russell also <laughs> had to go, so I uh, started talking to Oksana about uh, Baby Cliff's new hexagonal baby playpen. Nice. I heard that much. And uh, Randy, catch up to speed. Cliff, he's uh, he's growing at a rapid rate over here. He um, He's also very ticklish in his chest region. Okay. And uh, that, is, that is my go-to spot with him. He knows nice. it's coming. He knows it's coming. He, he starts smiling whenever Clark comes in the room. Cliff and I share a very special bond. I know, and uh, I know how to. Uh, I know how to make him laugh. And that's all it takes. And so now it's just me doing that until he gets annoyed with it, and then I have to figure <laughs> out a new way to make him laugh. And that is the circle of life, because I do that with all of my friends. When when we were playing D anD D yesterday, uh, one of the one of our favorite people that you love had bought these dice from Target that were like giant dice. squishy ones. And Cliff took them. They looked like baby toys. Yeah. And Cliff was playing with them. And at the end of the day, when he was leaving, he was like, uh, you can keep these here. I'm like, it's cool, dude. We can buy Cliff some. He's like, no, he put them in his mouth. <laughs> I warned That's, him that would happen. Of course. No, but I mean, what is, just lie about it. Why would you say shit? Also, you can Let just, me put them in his mouth. You just wash it, I know. I'm like, all right, well, now now it's not, not only am I annoyed, but, like, fuck you, dude. Okay, but uh, see, that's the other thing. What I would say, if I would be in that situation, I would be like, I'll wash them, I'll give it back to you, it's not a problem. Yeah. Just make it a non-issue. So dumb. That's it. <laughs> Just wash it. I know, but people, people got their little... Ticks, you know what I mean? It wasn't. I don't. I can't read that full. You know, he just wanted them for the gimmick, and then he just wanted an excuse not to have to worry about these huge. That's what I think too. But don't scapegoat the baby. Well, that's true. Yeah. Well, also, I'll say this to play the devil's advocate: use the baby as a scapegoat as much as you can. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I refuse to. Oh, motherfucker! The day will come. The day will. It'll be a come. dark day where I'm really in trouble and I fucked up. I'll be. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, dude. The no, baby no. was just like crazy last night. I can't. I, it's do fine. It. Throw that baby under the bus because I assure you, once that baby will talk, he's gonna throw you under the bus. <laughs> I know. At any given choice. Yeah, so man. get your licks in while you can. You gotta play the game, baby. I want to talk about two movies this week. Uh, well, no, three movies. We're gonna. Is the third movie that'll be the handoff movie? Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. Uh. Here's the deal. The two movies I'm going to talk about this week <clears throat> are rewatches. Now, I feel like this is a segment that I've tried to start on this show and then I forget about it. And then like two years later, I kind of bring it back. And I feel like there have been different iterations of this where I, I talk about um, movies that I have seen like 10 years ago and want to revisit and uh, see if uh, 
what my initial thoughts were about that are still accurate and how I kind of feel about that movie. And I've got two examples of that this week, as both of these movies are movies that I procured off the iTunes application uh, for $5. So this falls under that segment as well. Also, I got to stop buying movies on iTunes. I've decided that. And uh, you don't really own them. Do you know how many I have? Do you know how many movies I have on iTunes now? I 15. Oh, 100. You have 100? I have 100. And before you have 100 I have 100 oh movies. And I feel like before this segment started, I had maybe 20. What segment? You've covered like two movies. Before, that well, you- <laughs> say, no, dude. Before I started buying $5 movies, I went crazy. Video Man. I went and, crazy. And that terrible one. I feel like you watch a lot of boring cop drama shit on there. No, that's not, not for the $5. You don't pay attention to what I do. I'm that's Video okay. Man. That's the only one that mattered. Video Man is fantastic. No, there were other ones that mattered. Thank you very much. Like? The other ones. I talk about a lot. <laughs> okay, okay. I want to be very clear. These two matter. Unfortunately, they're not hard. What they are <laughs> is that they shared the connective tissue with the great Tommy Lee Jones. First one I'm going to talk about. Tommy Lee. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time. Tommy Lee Bones, the name of our skeleton downstairs. Or, if you want to go the female route, Catherine Zeta Bones. I kind of like Catherine Zeta Bones. You've been sitting on that one for a while. If I had a dog, his name 100% would be Tommy Lee Bones. It's too long. You start calling him Bones, and it would be weird. No, I call him Tommy Lee. 100%. It's too long. Oh, Tommy Lee Bones. Tommy Lee Bones. (laughs) What about about Werner Herzog? That's too long and dumb. That's good. What about, I hate that name. What about Lars von Trier, boy? <laughs> wow, that was good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Men in Black 3 is a film that came out in 2012. Can you go, uh, is that right? Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. 2012. Now, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time talking about Men in Black 3 because that's not what this show is, right? This show, we talk about the uncovered gems, <laughs> the overlooked film. That's what we do here. That's the service that we provide. Also, the service that we provide is tell you about movies that are just good movies. Man in Black 3 is a good movie. And I had I remember watching it in a theater. I, you know what? I was um I was actually in Mississippi during this time. I remember watching this in the theater that I grew up going to movies in, in Brookhaven, Mississippi. UA Westbrook Cinema 4. In Brookhaven, Mississippi. Pull that up, Russell. Let's let's take a look. UA Westbrook Cinema for Brookhaven, Mississippi. Okay. Again. Let's click uh let's look at that picture. Let's look at that. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, look at that. <laughs> that is the theater I grew up going to. Cinema how Russell, describe to our listeners what you see here. Uh, Depression. (laughs) Both financial and emotional. (laughs) And I am here to confirm (laughs) both of those things. God, it looks like a bummer, dude. Dude, that's it. That's one. There were two. That was that's the one closest to home. That's twenty. That was that was twenty five minutes from my house. That's the closest movie God, theater we have. You got to go on a fucking sojourn to get there, too. And then the other one's 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, the Tinseltown in Pearl, Mississippi. But uh, UA Westbrook Cinema 4 saw a lot of very bad movies in that building right there. This was not one of them. Uh, this honestly may have been one of the last movies I've seen at that theater. I've seen a couple more since then. But, uh, always like going back there. 
Men in Black 3. Tommy Lee Jones, William Smith, Josh Brolin, they got to go back in time to save the world, <laughs> as you do. Josh Brolin plays a younger version of Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee's not in this movie a ton. We get him in the first act. We get him in the third act. We get Brolin in act two and in act three as younger Tommy Lee Jones. Josh Brolin does an incredible job as uh, doing Tommy Lee Jones' whole shtick, and uh, you buy it 100%. Uh, they're both Texas boys, and it's great. Uh, Michael Stuhlbarg plays a little alien guy that can uh, predict the future because he's lived all the uh, scenarios, and uh, but he doesn't know which one is going to come to fruition. He's fantastic. He's worth the price of admission. Uh, William Smith talks about slapping the shit out of somebody in this movie, and that's kind of fun, uh, given the fact that he ruined stand-up comedians' lives for about six months because they all thought they were going to get murdered because he slapped Chris Rock. And then everybody's okay. We're fine. And we think about it sometimes. Primarily, we think about his wife being a bitch. But other than that, uh, yeah, Men in Black 3. Ten stars. <laughs> I love. I. I, I just. I, I. It's fun. It's a fun movie. The worst part. All right. I'll tell you. Jermaine Clement. From, oh, he's in it. He plays the bad guy, Boris the Animal. Whoa. Um. He. He is the worst part of the movie. The. The character itself. He's. It's. It's kind of. It. He looks kind of cool. He has a little claw. Thing out of his hand. Uh, that does a lot of his dirty work, um, and he's he doesn't really have eyes. And uh, the worst part is they try to give him taglines that are just terrible. Um, it's just Boris, because people call him Boris the Animal. He doesn't oh. like that. It's just Boris. And then the other one is, uh, let's agree to disagree. Oh, and he says it no. like 30 times, and it's terrible every time. <laughs> Uh, that's the worst part of the movie. Uh, it's a 10-star movie, Men in Black 3. All right. Now, I want to talk about a movie that, you know, all of us on this show, we're, we're seasoned moviegoers, right? We've seen a lot. We truly have, and we talk about a lot. But sometimes there are a couple movies that uh, they, hit, they hit a certain nerve. Or they they show us something that we didn't expect, and we don't know how to we didn't know how to process it. Something you know, there are outliers. Something will will come up, and and you just you don't know what to do with it. And that's how I felt when I saw The Homesman in two thousand and fourteen. Uh, this is written, directed, and starred by Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, we also have Hillary Swank in here. Um, we've got some other people here doing some bit parts, but uh, these two are doing the heavy lifting. Uh, we also have Meryl Streep and Meryl Streep's daughter in the film as well. Um, what this is, uh, Grace Gummer is uh, Meryl Streep's daughter, who, and she also looks a lot like Meryl Streep. Grace Street. Gummer? Go, yeah, that's an unfortunate last name. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Barry Corbin, he's fantastic. Fitchner is in this. All right. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson also shows it. James Spader. They kill James Spader. All right, here we go. The Homesman. John Lithgow. Oh, I forgot Lithgow. That's right. He plays the, uh, oh, Jesse Plemons as well. He's oh in for like God. one scene. I hate this. See, that's <laughs> the thing. All right, here's what you need to know. This is, this is a, this is a fantastic Western, but I want to be very clear. 
it's depressing and it i it 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 is mm, the depressing is refreshing to a certain extent russell it reminds you of your old theater <laughs> it does it reminds me of the ua westbrook cinema forum brookhaven mississippi no the west was a very hard time in america it was a very hard time um i would not have survived very long <laughs> in the american west but i i don't know i love westerns I love being immersed in the world. I think it's a fascinating and I, I, I think it's a fascinating world. And I think that, you know, I just like early America and I like what the West represents. And because the West represents um, moving towards something greater. That's, that's, that's what I always feel like. And that's what you get in this movie. But, when you're working towards something um, in the 1800s, you got to work a whole lot harder than you got to work now. And uh, basically what's happening is that in their, in their small town, in their village, uh, three women have gone crazy uh, for different iterations of that. And also what the definition of crazy is, there's also different um, versions of, of what happened to these women. Uh, but terrible things happen to these women and they need help. Well, someone's got to take them across the river in Iowa, and that's going to take a couple months. But there's a place in Iowa that can help these ladies, and no one else can take them except for Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank plays, um, is everyone familiar with the term spinster? Do we know what that means? Yeah. Okay. She's a spinster. Um, and the movie actually opens up where she has um, invited a man over to her house to cook him dinner and play him fake piano. She pulls out a mat and then fingers the keys um, on her kitchen table uh, to indicate that she was trying to play a hymn, but is singing. But it's the 1890s. There is no entertainment. So this guy was enthralled of this woman playing a fake keyboard singing uh, an off-key hymnal. Um, boy, what a fun time to be alive. <laughs> And uh, also, that guy was about as non-handsome as a person could be, and he rejected her offer at marriage. She wanted to marry. She's trying to marry. She just wants somebody to fill her belly, and she can have a family, because that's what you do in the 1890s. Again, what a time to be alive. He rejects her, and she's sad. She needs a mission, so she takes it amongst herself to go take these women into Iowa on this journey. Boys, I'm not, I don't need to tell you of how risky that journey is because of the engines. You understand? The Native Americans. Oh, okay. Cowboys, yeah. Indians, you know the bit. Well, amongst her journey, she runs across Tommy Lee Jones, who is hanging from a tree. There to rot and die because he broke into somebody's house and they ran him out of town. He is, he is nothing but a, he, you know, he's a loner. He goes from town to town. He's a criminal. He's not a good guy. But he survived out on the plains his whole life. So she needs him on this journey. And so he wants to be off that tree. So he obliges to help her on this month-long journey into Iowa to take these women into custody. Well, someone take care of them. Not custody. They're not going to jail. Okay. So, we start the journey, and uh, things take a turn 
And when there's a shift there towards the third act that you don't see coming. And I think that what they portray in this movie, you don't really see in a ton of Westerns. You don't really see the how harsh life is at this time. And I think this movie does a very good job of showing how hard life was in this time and that it is eat or be eaten. And that's pretty simple. Cannibal. Not so much the cannibal, but like you kill or be killed. That's it. Um, And so Tommy Lee's character is a drunken buffoon who does show um, some self-worth there at the end but then he doesn't i don't want to i don't want to spoil it because i i honestly want people to see this i think this is criminally underseen um and it's a very good western uh but it is uh it it's it's rough to watch and uh you know i don't say that lightly uh because you know it's you know not a lot of things can affect me in a way but i remember being thrown off the first time i saw this and uh, I knew that I liked it, but it it just it put a deep pit of sorrow in my, oh my stomach. God. And uh, this time, it um, I was able to be a little happier about it. How much you pay for it? Five dollars. Five dollars. Did you miss the whole thing? No. Are the only movies you buy five dollars, or is that like a coincidence? Most of the time. Okay. All right. Well, you know what time it is. <laughs> It's time for an IMDb goof. Oh, boy. During the Indian attack, every shot of the carriage has mountains in the background, Clark. Did you notice? The road from Nebraska to Iowa is nowhere near any mountains. (laughs) Wow, what a goof. I don't think anybody's watching a movie. I (laughs) don't know. I remember what they're talking about, and it wasn't so much as an attack as it was a trade. Because, again, Tommy Lee Jones is a smart man of the plains oh he told her he told mary b cuddy who is uh hillary swank's name oh wait how good of a name is that mary b i don't know that's a damn good western name i probably had a great you. aunt mary b <laughs> anyway he told her he's he knew what type of indian they were he knew how it was going to go down and he said i'm going to take this horse and i'm going to give it to him but if things go sideways for me you're going to take this gun you're going to go in that carriage, you're going to shoot those three women in the head, and you're going to shoot yourself. Fortunately, he didn't come to that end. Oh my but that's how it is. It's you you struck me as more of a Mary J fan. Mary J. Cuddy. No, Mary B's better. Uh, this is a fantastic movie. And out of 12 stars, I give it 13. Oh, my God. You know what it reminded me of? Hey, we've already ruined the system. It, uh, no, it, it's a 12. It reverts back. There's no over or under. There's also no zero. What are you, Neo? No, well, I mean, the whole <laughs> IMDb doing half a star throws the whole fucking thing off. Half a star is cool. Um, it reminded me of The Wind. You remember that movie? Do you remember it, Randy? Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah, people were pretty mad on it. I remember we saw it, I believe, at the Roxy. And it was, I think that's probably a three and a half for me because I barely remember it. But I also remember one that Randy really liked, The Nightingale. From a, from a girl, Jennifer Kent. Man, I really like that movie. It's a great movie. Same. Yeah, I really like it. I gotta get it. I, I'm i sure it's available on Blu-ray. We probably fucking missed it, though. Yeah, but you're talking about westerns that are like, I don't know, like rough? 
like a rough Western. I remember the wind kind of being like, oh, the elements and whatever. And oh, maybe there's a ghost. But the Nightingale, I remember that one being like, this feels authentically rough. And yeah. They, they used the woman perspective really well. And like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. That That's not a, a, I would say that the Homesman is more. Uh, Drama. Well, you know, Tommy Lee comes from, you know, it's, it's more studio. Yeah, for sure. I would yeah. get, but again, I, you know, they don't, they, having said that, they don't pull punches here. Like, you know, we're, we're fully immersed in how grotesque this world is at that time and how tough life is. Um, and it's also just really good character stuff. Um, like Tommy Lee, yo, Tommy Lee is, it's, he's the homesman. However, you know, we are led to believe that uh, the main character is, uh, you know, Hillary Swank's character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it uh, it's just very good, and it's 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 very good at the character work and um, how everything sort of manifests there, especially at the end, where you know the snake eats its tail, brother. We're right back where we started, and that's what life is. <laughs> And we'll see you next week. I feel like the homesman is some secret Western about a realtor. And you're just trying to trick everybody into watching The homesman, it. again, is a 13-star movie. Okay? And you need to get with it. It's unlucky. And you need to watch it. Okay. Now let's talk about the movie that we're going to talk about right now, which is related to the interview that you're going to hear on Thursday. Yes, believe it or not, we still do interviews on this show. Well, it's been a couple of weeks, but guess what? Fuck you. Who cares? We do interviews whenever we want to. Oh <laughs> and guess what? Thursday is going to be a good one. We talked to a director who made a sequel to a movie. So they were going to talk about the sequel. But we didn't see the first one. So we had to see the first one in order to see the second one. Because why, Russell? We do complete work here. I don't like the Shatner character you're doing. Nobody can see it, but you're pantomiming like a robot while you're talking. What are you talking about? I'm in character right now. Yeah, I. It's weirding me out. Why? Because you're you got a little bit of AI in you. What? Mm-hmm. If anyone has AI, <laughs> it's you because you talk to it all day. Nah. You speak like an AI now. <laughs> I hallucinate yeah. all the time. Live scream. Was the name of the movie came out? 2008. Is that right? I believe so. And then the um, the sequel, Live Screamers, uh, which will be out, uh, when did she say? Mid-October? Uh, spring. Oh, wait, spring. That's yeah. right. Not mid-October. Yeah. I was thinking, yes, definitely mid-spring. Uh, Mid-Somar, maybe. Oh my hmm? God. Huh? Hmm? Nothing. No, uh, <laughs> it's better than Mid-Somar. Anything is better than Mid-Somar. Bo's afraid, though. He's back. Ari Aster. When are you going to watch that movie? I'm afraid I will not be watching that movie. See? Although you said people hate it, so maybe That's I'll what I'm honest. saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. This is your Q-Zone, dude. Randy, don't you think Bo is afraid is Russell's Q-Zone? I think he would like it. Or at yeah, least an hour and a so. half of the three-hour movie. He's like, probably not. You know, That's I did good. watch uh, Telemarketer's Zone. I did like that. Did you finish it? No, I only watched one episode. Oh, you had to finish Come on, it. man. TV is too much of a fucking commitment. Patrick, pass bus. Dude, Pat Pespis is, he should be president of the United States. That's all I'm saying. The dude does crack on camera, and then you see him fucking close a telemarketer. <laughs> dude, he is a national 
treasure this guy. I love him. Randy, your thoughts on Pat Pespis? I also love him. Live Scream is a film when a popular video game streamer plays a haunted game, he faces deadly consequences for himself and his fans. So believe it or not, uh, surprise, surprise, another found footage screen life movie we're going to talk about. Um, now, this was a movie that, uh, again, you know, screeners come to us and interview opportunities come to us. And sometimes it's like, you know, Oksana says, Clark, you need to watch this movie. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this movie. Sometimes I know what it's about. Sometimes I don't know what it's about. In this particular case, I didn't know it was about a video. Game oh, you went in blind. I went in oh, red. blind. Red. And so as soon as I did the minimum amount of research, I discovered that it was about a video game streamer. I got very excited and rightfully so because I have a very, I had a fun time with live stream because what we have here is we have our protagonist Russell can you scroll down so I can give the actor his uh his uh yeah his roses is that what I'm supposed to say now you get your roses uh your flowers you get your flowers different. you I earn your flowers this is just credit you get well that's what I'm saying what was the saying roses I, I think say that. roses I think is more of an accomplishment like a you know a seminal moment in your career like, let me give you your roses. But right now what you're doing is you're just kind of acknowledging the actor's name. Yeah, I'm getting his roses because he did a good job. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Can you I just didn't me? want to infer on uh, your, uh, yeah, that is. Gunnar Willis yeah. is the band's name who plays uh, Scott. Now, so what we have here is we have, uh, you know, Gunnar Willis playing the character of Scott, who is an established video game streamer who has amassed a following of his people and it is noted in the movie that uh, the people who watch his stream and actively follow his streams are around 200 250 people and they have a good time whenever he's on and you you feel a sense of community uh first thing when you watch this movie is that uh and that is through russell's favorite thing the chat feature and right, Russ, like, you know, in this chat, it's it's different um, than we had talked about with Chad Gets the Acts, uh, very popularly uh, so, as you probably read that uh, in all the um, Hollywood magazines of us talking about that. Um, Variety, I know, did a big piece on it. Uh, but with Live Scream, everything's a little bit, it's smaller, right? Because with Chad Gets the Acts, we're dealing with, again, sort of a, your Logan Paul personality. Someone who is, you know, a big YouTuber sort of thing. This, no, this is different. This is a nerd catering to other nerds. It felt very Twitch. But also feels very much like the Overlook Hour. Because we're nerds catering to nerds. You're welcome, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the chat was, I, honestly, I don't think I've seen this kind of application before. Because in the other, uh, Dashcam was a little like that. Where it was, they knew who she was, and they knew the show. Yeah, and it was kind of like a baked-in audience, but this I, film really like plays with that idea. And that's the thing I I like how that was established first thing because that that's the spirit of the movie, and and when we talk to Michelle about how she sort of you know structured all of that and that you know the chat really is sort of um you know the secret sauce of this movie. Well, the characters, um, yeah. Well, yeah, because everything is deeply rooted in sort of that interaction. 
and and how the ending plays out. Uh, but essentially, is that you know we have this guy and he's playing a new horror game, and uh, you know, as you do when you play these games, many times it will ask you what uh, level of difficulty you would like to play. Well, uh, this gentleman chose nightmare difficulty. Well, as you can guess, <laughs> I brought a lot of problems as uh, a lot of people ended up dead. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was an interesting build you did there. <laughs> I I um like to play games one time through. I no longer am chasing achievements, so I usually throw it on difficult and uh, just deal with it. Like, get good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like the implication that you're saying that he would just die because of that. I have not died yet. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. I'm just saying that he chose the nightmare and a lot of people died because that's where the scaries live. So when we talked to Michelle, we didn't really dive into the movie and we haven't talked about it at all. Um, What did you think of the lead? Like he's got a look like for being a streamer. I think he's got a look. A lot of. Like if you're going to make a movie and it's like, I'm going to try and pitch this to a distribution company. I think it wouldn't even be a question. You would just get a Hollywood looking pretty person, be it male or female. And he looked so real to me. Yeah. Baby face. We had baby face. He wasn't like perfectly shaven. He was a little overweight. Yeah. Uh, he like, you could tell people aren't here because of um, some shallow need to look at boobs or yeah. something. No, I'm not making fun of you. Or maybe the slight chance of a, a wiener flash. But the problem... I know that's popular on I'm, Twitch these days. Oh, yeah. I show speed and dong. Um, the thing is that if you're not offering that up, like eye candy, then you better have a personality. And I, I really liked him. Yeah. I thought he came across as, like, real. And, like, I mean, I do watch a lot of live streams. I'm not on Twitch as much as I am YouTube. But... I like to tune into regular people and see what they're doing. And it totally felt like that. Well, I think that tracks when you look at what people are interested in. And I think that's definitely something that people want to see. Now, obviously, I think there's a very strong argument for the antithesis of that, um, where you have just, you know, huge personalities mm-hmm. uh, that are clearly doing an act. That also works. Hootie like pie. that asshole. Well, I, I don't watch streamers as much as I watch... Um, I don't know, I got food influencers. Is that? Yeah, it's a different thing, though. I know it's a different yeah. thing. And what I'm saying is, like, to, the version of that would be like the Uncle Roger character, who I'm sure you know that guy. Um, but he's not a real guy. He's doing a no. character, but he's massively huge. I think the thing is that he's doing a character in an edited video that's already kind of short. Where in this but movie. He, but no, he goes on other people's, like, people bring on Uncle Roger, yeah. and he's doing Uncle Roger. Do not eat the rice. I, you know, I just don't know if it's okay. <laughs> Randy, leave do that. <laughs> I just don't know if it's the same with you doing it. Um, Uncle Roger. But you know, just keep doubling down. All right. Uh, the thing is, when in this movie. And that does not come across as authentic. It's my <laughs> argument. Scott, he talks about doing a donation stream where he'll be playing for 15 hours. Yeah. That's a real thing that a lot of streamers do. And guess what? He looks like the guy that would do that. Yeah. And dude. could pull it off. He's built for it. I fucked up. I should have been a streamer. What am I doing on this show? You don't have doing? a personality. I know. <laughs> it's okay. AI could help me there. Oh, see, there we go. <laughs> and there it is. I can have it generate a personality and I can put that on a side screen. But no, like you said, for the movie, and Michelle kind of you know confirmed it, is that that's what she was looking for. Is that authenticity? 
And I think we got that with him. And it carries the movie because you have to have it. You know, when we get to the end of the movie, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I want people to watch it. Yeah. Um, it, it is a rental. It's only $2, though, and I recommend people go on to Prime. it. On yeah. Prime, yeah. Uh, anybody can go check it out on Prime. Also, I think a buy, I think it's like 5 bucks. So, yeah. you know. Uh, Although there is a Blu-ray. Spoilers an extra $2. I meant to bring it up with her, but her Blu-ray, I think, was an exclusive through Horror Pack which Terrell does unboxings of. And I'm, I'm really curious how you like negotiate a deal like that. Cause it's not like we've seen fear footage come out through them. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder, I, I, I know people don't like to talk numbers, but I'm really curious about that model. Sorry. No, I derailed you there. Well, they don't like to talk numbers with us because we have the very complicated rating system. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, one thing that um, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on in the interview is how much, I appreciated when, when you're a found footage fan, you tend to look at the way the movie's built and you look at the craft a lot. And that's why you get these people on uh, found footage critic just going, it's unbelievable. And they passed the camera to a novice that they were capturing this kind of film. They kept the field of vision in focus. So he's like, shut the fuck yeah, up. Stop watching movies <laughs> with lab coats on. Dude. It's like, stop, you're going too far. Yeah. Like, it, like, do you have a checkboard when you watch a dogma 95 film? You're like, you broke that rule broke. No. But we do want immersion and we can't help but look for, you know, the seams. And in this movie, I really love how, so the type of game that's being played here is almost like an anthology. Every time you die or beat a level, you move on to a new level. And each level is a different, it's basically a different type of popular indie horror game. Yeah. And I loved it because I knew every single fucking I've played every type of those games. And I'm curious, did you, did any of them stand out to you or did they all just feel like different? Well, as, as far as the inspiration for each one, I would say no, but each aesthetic was something that I was like, Oh yeah, it it was either, it was either believable or at least recognizable because I have watched plenty of games. You know what I mean? Uh, I've lived in this house for four years. So I've seen a couple things here and there. Um, So nothing seemed far. Everything seemed, and you know, I, and that's something I appreciated in the film was that she gave us different looks in each example in in each game. And uh, you know, like I said, we, we, in the interview, we covered sort of the eight bit part of that. And I was wondering how we're going to pull off a kill in that world. And that was great. And you I know, and I fully bought it a hundred percent. I did want to ask her about that because okay, just so uh, again, this might mean a lot to you or nothing, but the the type of games that she, there's like an homage here to, we open up with like a dungeon crawler, we have a Five Nights at Freddy kind of a security camera animatronic thing, we have a was that the clown one? Yeah. Have you ever played Five Nights at Freddy? No, but when uh, in my comedy days. That, you know, the thing, I'm really curious about that movie because the the narrative of that game is that you're a security guard hired, but all you have to do is sit in a room and watch for animatronics coming in. So yeah. it's all security camera until they get so close that you have to shut a door. Yeah. And unfortunately, due to the economic drought, they can't afford enough power to just have all the doors shut. Yeah. You have to pick where your power goes. It's like in no world does this scenario make any fucking sense. But in a video game, you can get away with that. So how are you going to port that over into a film? I don't know. I'm really curious. And I think this is one of the problems a lot of these games have 
when doing a like narrative, like a locked narrative, like a movie. So yeah, there was a, um, a locked narrative monster. I don't hate that. Thank you. Um, so we did Five Nights at Freddy. There was a dungeon crawl. They did the Slenderman Gather the Pages mini game, which those games oh, were always confusing to me, and I didn't have a lot of fun with them because it's like you're randomly running around. Oh, and I, you got to go hunt for shit. Yeah, but it, no, thank you. Usually, there's no direction. They don't guide you anyway. It's completely unintuitive. Oh no, see, I'd go out looking for you know NPCs to kill. This dude did great with it though. Um, they had the, the Japanese RPG. Now that idea, imagine you're playing Harvest Moon, but it's a horror game. Now I know that might mean nothing to Clark and Randy. I know Harvest Moon. But I kept thinking the whole time, like, how, how would you fail here? Because those games feel very like you're on a track. Like all you're doing is watching a story unfold. And a lot of the time, the problem is you don't know how to progress the story. Well, I mean, she had a clever answer to that. There was an alien isolation game, which honestly was the most modern interpretation in that one. I think it might have come out right around that time. And what I mean by that is it's a game where you have a lot of um, uh, agency, but you don't fight the enemy. So you're trying to hide. So there's a lot of movement. It's modern 3D. Uh, Brother, I I believe in fighting the enemy. Yeah. Which is where I stand. Just from a craft point of view, I USA. really like this. And, you know, I I it, agree. I didn't get to bring it up in the interview, but I really wanted to recommend she watch Deadware because I think those two films are, they, they're doing a similar thing, but they're not overlapping very much. And um, I don't know. I, I'd really be curious. I really wanted to ask her what she thought about Skinamarink and if she had seen it. I'm sorry. What what is this? You mean skin of a stink? Is that what you mean? Skin of a rink. Thank you. Which also, uh, you know, we we have a child in the house now, and we watch a lot of Miss Rachel, and she had one of her new videos with a bunch of them singing the skin of a rink song. What? Yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh, dude, I should cut a video with this. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I'll show you later. Wait, really? Yeah. What do you mean the skin of a rink song? It's a it's a kid song, which is that where I think the title comes from in the, the yeah. movie. Oh, skin. Oh, I understand. Skinnerink, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Anyway, um, I if you're thinking I'm a little bit late to the live stream game, you're right. And when it first came out, I believe I heard about it before. While well, it was on, did it do a film fest circuit? I can't remember. But I remember reaching out to Michelle Bunch and just trying to be like, "Hey, we want to talk to you." I actually I was trying to program it for us, but I could never get a hold of her. And when you hear that interview, you'll know why. She's juggling fifteen different fucking. She's a chemist and a game developer well, and a film creator. Much so, like her beloved octopus, I, I, she's yeah. got many tentacles, and there's something at the end of all of those. Also, we had to we we did a, a we had a heart out with Michelle, <laughs> and uh, I did not have a chance to talk to her about her uh, her love of octopuses, which I assume she has. Did you see in the background she had a picture of an octopus? No. And uh, the name of her company is uh, Octopunk. Octopunk Media. Yeah. So, uh, I want to well, say, how do you feel about octopuses? Octopi? Uh, I think they're a very Lovecraftian creature. Yeah, no, definitely. They've been put in the corner. And I, you know, there's, there's theories that they are uh, alien. Well, you know, the Japanese eat them alive. Old boy. Yeah. It was, we know about the old boy. <laughs> old, old boy's Korean. Oh, Thank uh, you so much. God damn it. Shh. Which was worse? Me or Clark's voice from earlier? You. <laughs> Randy, God damn it, <laughs> Uncle Raja! <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Clark's giving me a run for my money. Um, no, you. Know, whenever I think of octopi, I think of a uh, 
Japanese metal band that had a fantastic LP where a octopus was pleasuring a woman. And but in the old style uh, uh, art. Did you ever see that uh, early internet video on filecabby.net? It may have been an e-bombs world. Actually, I think it was a little too what hardcore for e-bombs world. You don't know about filecabby.net? You don't know about filecabby.net, dude? Oh, dude, what? there was some wild videos on filecabby.net, including a woman in a bathtub. And then what? Something's coming out, Randy. Something's coming out of the, the cavity. And it's an octopus. She had shoved an octopus in there and then plopped it back out. She queefed it back out. Are you sure you didn't see that on a... That was on filecabby.net. Uh, I'll rate it seven stars on the 12 <laughs> yeah, star scale. I can't find it. It sounds like it could have been at your mom's house pay-per-view. Though. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I can't do those anymore. Dude. As long as the they, fucking... They start showing people getting killed and I just can't do it. I don't like watching people die. You just want somebody to Show lie me to octopuses you. out no, of vaginas. No, no. I've watched many a video like that with you. You just want to be lied to. Like when somebody falls off a cliff, but they put like a woo 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 music, you're like, oh, it's okay. He, he no, clearly made it. No. Yeah. Well, I know what you mean. And yeah. I think, so we, we do watch a lot of near death videos. We used to. We used to. You leave the room now. No, I leave the room when you put on these street fights I can't watch anymore. I don't like these street oh, fights. Oh, thank you, East Bay cinematographer Jasadi, for putting me on that. Yeah, no, thank you. That is brutal. Where they had to ban eye gouging. Oh, they didn't ban it. Ugh. It you, it happens a lot. They, they should ban it. Larry Curly and Moe wrestling oh now. Oh my dude? god! What are they doing? All right, are you done again? Live stream is great. Yeah, check it out. Um, it is a mumble gore type uh, film too, oh, and I yes. say that proudly. And also, I think uh, Michelle accepted that. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if she took that as like an insult at first, so I wanted to clarify. I'm like, that's a cool thing. Believe me. Excellent. Um, although, it, honestly, it's much more entertaining than a lot of mumble gore. Uh, my turn. I feel like I should have been prepared for this. Let's open up with the blockbuster smash hit of The Nun 2. And with that, I'm going to go get some water. 1956 <laughs> France. A priest is murdered. And evil is spreading the sequel to the worldwide smash hits. Wait, oh, <laughs> they no. really put that in the IMDb? Okay. The sequel to the worldwide smash hit follows Sister Irene as she once again comes face to face with Valak, the demon nun. Whoa, I did that as a lame, hacky kind of send up of the lame way that they uh, promote these kind of movies. And they literally wrote it in the IMDb. <laughs> synopsis um here's the thing i'm making uh, first uh let's go back to the nun the nun was the oddball out in the conjuring metaverse universe bullshit mainly because it was like it had interesting cinematography and a slower pace to it there was a lot of like hitchcockian don't worry the nun will be here and she like shows her face a lot but other than like an interesting period piece and kind of like uh meandering around a scary looking church it's there's not much for like a modern horror fan so i think that movie did not do well i remember um liking it the most and i think it was like a three and a half for me and i was really leaning in the randy direction here just going like hey the craft was pretty interesting and i would like to see these movies take a more um i don't know film forward approach i watched and the first nun on max this weekend to see if i'd be interested in seeing the nun too Oh, I'm sure you weren't, right? I wasn't. Know how many stars I rated it? Half. None. AKA, I didn't rate it any stars because it's not for me. 
Okay, I get that. Honestly, that's kind of like an easier, like, yeah, this was not my audience. But, like, that's kind of the problem, dude. I don't think it was really for anybody. (laughs) Except that there's a large, there's a large group that make up the horror community that still, like, you know, when they see a a nun, they get kind of the oogie boogies going on. And religion is terrifying. And that's why those... Catholic horror movies are never going to stop. That's why The Exorcist is coming back. So, you know, I it doesn't really work for me. I did like again. I kind of like the 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 dark house. We have a stranded cast wandering through a church, but I mean, again, it really didn't do much for me. And I think I'm the one who liked it more than anybody I know. The Nun Two, however, um, I think I need to give a little bit of a setup to my experience. Uh, it came out on a Thursday. And the other thing that happens on Thursday, other than uh, new releases is we put up Blu-ray Tuesday. Well, um, premier pro, which is a strong program, uh, is also known for having a lot of issues and I'm talking about software issues. And maybe we got locked out of a Blu-ray Tuesday edit about four and a half hours into it. And after doing two hours that morning, when I came back, and couldn't get in, I was like, I don't have enough time to put this up for the premiere and actually finish and make it to this movie that we were seeing at four o'clock in the afternoon, which me and Oksana were both kind of like, I don't know if we can do this, but we wanted to. It's easier with the babysitter and everything. But what about this story is new? Well, the fact (laughs) is that normally, much to the uh, dismay of the naysayers out there, we uh, like to lean on that little buffer window of about 30 to 45 minutes of trailers before a film. Oh, boy. Uh, here's the thing. I did figure out the premiere thing. I did lose about an hour and a half of work, but fuck it. You got to turn that shit around. We got it done. It was up in 4K by the time the premiere was going, but we were in the theater 10 minutes after the movie started. Now, I don't know if this helped or hindered the film. I'm going to assume it helped. Because the main problem with The Nun 2 is all of the fucking bureaucratic church nonsense shit. Like, oh, the Pope, oh, the Father, oh, the Bishop. All the- I don't know the fucking hierarchy. So please just, like, dumb it down. And let's not waste a <laughs> bunch of time here. Like, no, because they, they like to play into the lore of it. And it's like, that's not why I'm there, though. I'm there I'm, for a horror movie. Because you're a heathen. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Leave the room again. Here's the thing. This movie does play it up. And I think, so Terrell fell asleep. I don't know if you want me to put that out there. He uh, was out in the middle of the movie. Um, I, however, was having a lot of fun. I'm going to say, if you're worried about The Nun 2 being a little bit too like The Nun 1, don't. Other than uh, Valak, there's really not a lot shared here. We have a lot more locations. And mainly, The Nun, Valak in this movie is just fucking Freddy Krueger. She shows up and she has uh, Cenobite powers, pretty much. She can change reality. She makes people hallucinate and they get fucking creative. There's a moment where um, there's two different things going on in this film. One is there's like a haunted house church thing going on where Valak is corrupting a church from inside, slowly killing off people. She has kind of a dullard that she's possessed who's walking around making friends with the children. But also it's like, no, kids, get away from him. He's possessed by Valak. And on the other end, there are two um, nuns who are out investigating a trail of murders that have happened. 
and they're moving in a line and uh, they're going to different locations trying to gather information. And in one of the locations, there's uh, some kids playing football. Again, it's soccer. American? No, it's foreign football. Mm, and she's like, hey, I had, I saw you in a vision. You had a rosary next to the burnt corpse that we were investigating. And the kid's like, oh, I can't tell you anything. And then he runs away with the group and they vanish around the corner. Mm. And she ends up getting lost in this maze-like, nightmarish uh alleyways of a foreign country i'm sure they were like in italy or something but i wasn't paying that much attention anyway she gets to a dead end or it's a fork in the road and there's a large magazine like um i want to say library it's almost like a kiosk where they have all the magazine covers laid out but there was no behind portion there was no vendor it was empty it felt like a, a nightmare on elm street dream sequence. a newsstand Maybe, but they're just like magazines. They were only magazines. And a they, magazine stand. But it was also on a wall. It wasn't on like a wheeled cart a or anything. A walled magazine. It was weird. Um, it was very foreign and highbrow. Anyway, wind picked up in this little uh, fork in the road. And the magazine stover- covers start turning all oh, at yeah. different intervals. But it was one of the most interesting. Ho- like we knew where we're going. Eventually, they're going to they're gonna look like Valak. The page And she'll, she'll come through. But the pages are turning and there's like satanic imagery. They're all shifting. It's a wide shot. It's very beautiful. And it starts It starts as like a little triangle towards the bottom and it grows up into a full figure. Like, and then, you know, it becomes Valak and she comes out and does boo. But man, it was really good. And I couldn't help but think this is what they wanted when they remade Nightmare on Elm Street. Like big gags that had like the power of CGI, but also enough money to do it practical. And they really married the two, but it's fucking in the nun too. And I don't know how many people are excited to watch this movie, but there's a lot of it. Honestly, it felt like a nightmare on Elm street meets like Indiana Jones or maybe um, national treasure where they're looking for another relic. And also if you look into any of the Catholic lore, the, the fucking, the, the Saint relics are all, they're, they're grotesque. It's like, I have the toe of St. Paul. Like that's a real thing you might want. And they're doing that in this movie and maybe the building's falling apart and people are holding on. They get very Indiana Jones with stunts. It's a good film. <clears throat> Too bad it's part two to a movie that was very meh for everybody. Yeah, this is a sequel to a spinoff. Yeah, but... So, like, how, how close are we to the connective tissue of The Conjuring? I don't know if that's fair, though, because all those context, like, big... Marvel movies. It's, this you, would not exist without the Conjuring. Yeah, but nobody's calling Blue Beetle like a spinoff. Blue Beetle's part of the universe. This yeah. is a. This is. It's uh, part of the. It's part of the universe, man. All right, that's fine. Right, but it. Uh, but I you're, get what you're saying. You're not wrong. We're we're back at the um the rat and the whistleblower. Like they're the same thing. Well, that's but, what, I mean, yeah. And hey, I get it. You know, James Wan. You know, he's got a couple of houses. He's got to pay the mortgage on. I get it. And it, dude, honestly, it was it was a good movie. I think this one is. Uh, I think I gave the nun one three and a half. Oh fuck! Can we convert that? What is that? Seven? I think I gave that one a seven. That's average. So I felt compelled to give this one an eight. Wait, let's pull up the fucking rating. I think eight is still in the same category. Eight is also average. Okay, so to to distance the high end of average. To distance my mood with the first nun, I think I need to up it. I think I'm going to have to go into like uh, 10 territory. It's either one to six or uh, seven to 12. Oh my God. What would a three and a half be? I think a nine. Nine is good. Kind of good. It's better than kind of good. It's good. 
There you go. All right, it's a 10, which feels fucking wrong, but it's a new system. The Nun 2. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Let me think. Um, 1 through 12, what is it? Yeah. On the new scale. Like a ten, okay. nine. Oh. All right, it's a recommend. It's a rec. Um, well, nine actually is not. Nine is recommend. I don't know. Well, that's that's okay. God, I feel like we're learning astrology or something. I'm. I, I, I'm. It's in my blood now. Baby. Nine is kind of good. Kind of good isn't a recommend. Yeah, it's a recommend. I don't know. Or nine to twelve is good. Yeah, that's why I went, hey, it's good. I liked it. It is very Nightmare on Elm Street. So if you like um, the type of slasher, like Wishmaster, uh, Pinhead, Freddy, Saul. it is much, no, not Saw. It, Valak is fitting in there, is much more interesting and a great decision. Um, all right, let's pivot. I have a short film and a feature. What Both are in age? world. You know what? I think, um, I think I know what I it's time for. It's now time for rich shit. Oh boy, we got another rich shit. Uh, David, he never left the room the first time. He was sitting in here. Hi, David. That's why. That's why you didn't hear the door Hello. open. Um, now again, in the uh, care package I got from listener Rich, he included many a DVD. I know I didn't open them on the show. Well, it's my prop. I need the power of it. Uh, he sent. Um, one that is a red DVD case. It looks like it survived a fucking fire as the way you open it is broken, but it's also like fused together that the case is broken. It was a little intimidating, but thankfully the, the content did not look that intimidating as the feature or the short I'm talking about 30 minutes here. It's called date or disaster. There is no synopsis on IMDb, which means you're in my Q zone, but the cover uh, it's got a lot of text on it. First, it says, for promotional purposes only, not for sale or paid rental. I believe he bought this at like a flea market or a swap meet. Uh, our intertitle here is, you date, we orchestrate. At the bottom, now this is the one that you want to pay attention to, Clark. Yep. An extreme comedy from the director of Forbidden Zone and Modern Vampires. Mm. Yes, we're talking about Danny Elfman's brother, Richard Elfman, directed an in-world camera have, basically, this is oh, Blind boy. Date. Do you all remember Blind Date, the reality show? Sure. Now, the thing that separates a Blind Date from all of the other reality shows at the time, was it also mixed in an element of, like, pop-up video? You remember that pop-up video? I was born mm-hmm. and raised on pop-up video. Yeah, and it's entertaining, right? Like, it's like, oh, we don't have enough good content. We need to, uh, actually, pop-up video was, we're taking this music video and we're going to make it something different by just adding commentary. Actually, it's kind of a first wave of a let's play. Um, This one took the complicated uh, blind date format where they would draw little characters in there. They would often make fun of the contestants. So blind date would be two people would go on a blind date and they would have a camera crew that felt very akin to cheaters. I love that because that means people are literally on the floor running around side by side in their way. They're, They're not even attempting to blend in. And all the dates are predetermined. Well, the locations are predetermined. And basically, they're just hoping that it's a disaster. This uh, is a mean satire of a blind date. And at the same time, it's really not. It's kind of just blind date, but scripted. 
Um, shout out to Terrell who watched it with us and made the most hilarious comment of uh, the the male contestant. He's like, "How'd they get R.L. Stein? Look on the look on the back of this." And I'm I could not get away from it. I'm like, dude, it is fucking R.L. Stein. Um, I don't know, Oksana, can you look up and see if this is available on YouTube or anything or Vimeo? Uh, if you're a fan of in world camera and reality TV, I know at of six 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 we had a couple of features. I mean, we had fucking Survivor, and we did Sex House. It's a subgenre that doesn't get a lot of love, I think, because of the production demands. But man, Richard Elfman, he fucking he nailed it. And they do a lot of interesting things here, and it gets pretty dark. My one critique, there should have been nudity. I think if they were really going to push a blind date off the rails for a kind of moralist uh, fame, like trying to get viewers at any cost, which a lot of these 90s in-world camera things did, like um, what was the America's Deadliest video with Danny Badaducci? Like those always want to be like cops, but we have no morals. And it's like, well, cops is kind of already questionable anyway. There should have been some nudity. It felt a little contained in that way. And um, that's really my only critique. I I really like this short. Um, and I can't I can't imagine putting that much effort into the cartoon gags that are like overlaid on the footage for a short film. It seems like there was a lot of production that went in here for a thing we would have never known if Rich didn't go to a fucking swap meet. And yeah. we're huge fans of modern vampires. So, oh, very much so. Honestly, twelve star movie. We need to hit up the four star. We we're to show modern vampires. Oh, and, four star would not recommend. And date. <laughs> yeah, what is the four star? In a, wait, what is the four star in an updated twelve star system? Like a one? No, I th- I think it's it would. What is their system? It has to be out of four, right? Oh I'm wait, I'm see. I'm even confused. The four star on the twelve star system. Oh, it's like a, a ten. It'd be a 12, right? Not a, no, a four out of a five wouldn't be a 12 out but of a 12. Are you saying the four stars? I hate stars? this game. <laughs> You're assuming that the four star theater is doing a five star system and yeah. or they're being like uh, self-conscious and only giving themselves four. Yeah, this, that was, has been the long no. running joke that I've always said. All right, so it's like a 10. That's a recommend. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Anyway, Date or Disaster is really good. Oksana, did you find it anywhere? No. Oh, thank you. Maybe we'll rip it and put it up there secretly in Discord or something. Um, and then I watched a feature. Again, another director that we've talked about on the show many a time. He goes by the name Chris Good Goodwin. Does that ring a bell? Maybe. We've uh, watched two of his movies. I think he threatened us when he was on the show. That sounds good. I think he said we were going to go to the Red House or something. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, again, that weird because yes, we talked friends. to him. His name was Slasher Victim. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that was him or not, but I do know that he directed those movies. His name is Chris Good Goodwin. I don't know what is happening with the real films, but he's now credited as the director on there. I believe Slasher Victim used to be. But he's got a new movie on Tubi called Near. Um, Hollis suffers from an affliction. Anyone who gets too close to him dies. Brother, I've been there. Literally. Um, this movie reminds me of fucking Caucasoid, where you're like, this is a weird premise, and I feel like it's a micro-budget film, so how, what are you going to do? And yet they deliver completely. Um, if you're familiar with Real, you know that Chris is a hell of an editor. 
and he's not afraid to do weird shit with a cinematic frame. Also, he's very aware of how to film kind of like kind of like YouTube style, where it's a character filming himself for content to later be consumed. In this movie, we have a, a lead character um, whose name is bleeped out in the film. And it's interesting because we're watching an edited movie by this filmmaker. And he talks about that while he's filming. Now, again, we meet him and he um, is convinced that anybody who gets near him, like hugs him, will die. And he gives a couple of examples. And you're kind of like, what are you talking about, dude? That, Like, is this really what the movie's about? And it's really what it's about. And he, the problem here is that he's, <laughs> he's in love with the girl that he met online. She's a streamer and she makes a lot of money. And to make things more complicated. Showing titties? She, uh, she's got a couple. You'll have to tune in to see if she uh, bears all. I will tell you there is nudity in this movie. This movie, pain. This movie is what you want. The slasher like, victim, of course, there's nudity, and he's gonna mutilate it. Well, you know, it, it feels real too. Which you move out of the titillating area into, oh, anything can happen area. And I don't want to oversell the nudity. It's not uh, the main part of this movie. This movie is fucking man. Um, it's fucking depression, and I gotta tell you. It's it's really good. And it's that edgy kind of indie shit that I love. And I don't want to ruin it. Again, it's on Tubi, so it's free. Deal with the commercials. It's worth it. And I I just, I really want to stress that I think people should watch this. Uh, do I want to say anything else? Again, the, the premise here is that a dude thinks anybody who gets too close to him will die. And by die, I don't mean like drop down on the ground dead, although that may happen. But like reality will just bend to kill the person that gets close to him. And I think the film is offering up a narrative with the protagonist who might either be the grim reaper or like depression personified. And I think it's a really interesting thought piece that's juxtaposed with a, a dude who's talking to a camera, but there's no audience and a girl who's a live streamer who feels completely alone but is also kind of being, pr I'll give, I'll give you a little bit of that story. She's dating a new dude who's part of what feels like a prank team. And they're planning to blackmail her because they've discovered that she's a cutter. They're uh. planning. She, and she does a positive live stream. Her whole thing is like, Hey, feel good. Like if people are getting you down, you can't let it get to you yet. She's at home and she's kind of giving herself, um, you know, she's got some issues. And these people are like, we're going to go there and we're going to get footage of her doing it and we're going to blackmail her. Because somebody had, I think somebody leaked her bank account and she was bringing in like, you know, $750,000 kind of paydays. So they're like, we're going to get a part of that. And this movie, if you're looking for a, a happy time, this may not be it. If you're looking for a feel good protagonist, it's definitely not it. It's a slasher victim. You I know what you're dude, but if you're looking for some fucking cool indie art, man, I highly recommend it. Again, it's on Tubi. Also, who's um, looking for a good time on Tubi? <laughs> it's 90-minute runtime. Hey, if if you're not tuning into Blu-ray Tuesday, there's a lot of good times to be had there. They may be a little confusing. Yeah. But, uh, I'm happy, happy fun. They're fucking, 
there's fun things going down on Tubi. Um, yeah, and that's all I got. I uh, I don't know. I don't even know if I would recommend Clark. You should watch it. I don't know if you need a bummer <laughs> in your life like this, but I think there aren't a lot of movies that offer up some like good thought candy anymore. And just for like using the platform of like streaming content creators, this really dives in that way. And it, there's something cool here. I, uh, my doctor told me I can't take thought candy because I'm thought diabetic. <laughs> oh my God. But the other thing is I'm curious, Chris Good Goodwin, I'm making an assumption. I haven't talked to him and he hasn't confirmed that he's slasher victim, but again, but, I don't want to. Do end you up, want me to pull back the curtain? I don't want because I, I had the answer end. right now. I don't want to end up on the hit list or in the golden house or in the red room. So I would like to contact him and maybe get him on the show, and we can uh, allow him to uh, lay it out however he feels fit. We have we have people that are you do again. No, 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 no. no, no. Clark's the one doing the funny Asian voice, not me, Uncle Roger. Yeah, he, that's him. <laughs> He's the one with the people. He's the whistleblower rat. I am playing by the rules and I will not be revealing anybody who does not want to be revealed. You were the biggest loudmouth of all time. <laughs> reveal no, everything. You, you want to know what Clark told me off air one day? <laughs> See, like you want to know? He See, said, exact no, 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 example. No, no, no. He's, Perfect example. He said, I'm, I, I started leaving my door unlocked in case I don't come out. I want you to come in and remove my body. Yeah. <laughs> If I, if I die in my sleep, I feel like that's a responsible thing to do. I thought you were a fool and a clown and you're just being a little goof. But if you want to start fucking around with the Canadian crippler, <laughs> again, he has earned that title, and you want to end up in the red room, then I think you should leave your door unlocked. And I want no party to that. I'm just saying I could have an aneurysm tomorrow and I'd be oh, dead in my bed. That's not his style. It's all that Taco Bell, dude. <laughs> Exactamundo. Yeah, but he's only having mild, Randy. He's not going to be dead. Again, I'm a fire boy. Fire. Yeah. Kings of Leon. I wouldn't be proud of that. That's daddy. <laughs> My throat is on fire. Oh, boy. I like that. More like, and we got the, it's mild man Randy over there. Thank you so much. All right, Randy. Uh, Russ, anything else before we, uh, no. That's all. Send them on their way. On it, I feel like I um, was a complete opposite of Randy this week. The Nun 2 and uh, Near and The Nun 2, I I had a lot of fun. I'm more of a Rand far kind of guy. <laughs> Clearly. I'm a far cry kind of Randy, guy. I really want to watch Piafi. I I, dude, I was so confused. I'm like, how did Randy not like this movie? I'm like, Randy was sitting here gushing about a film that had a girl exploring her personal relationship with the style of music. And I'm like, and he couldn't get behind horse tail. What Gunn. was the music one? <laughs> I don't, you got mad at me. I remember the, the only thing I remember of that movie was saying, Randy, I got to say, that's not fucking boring. And you got mad at me the rest of the episode, but yeah, no. you were like, yeah, it was a girl's personal relationship. Oh, with I think I kind of remember. I am also forgetting the title of it, but yeah, it was good. I hope you rated it three. Was it Moon Garden? No. No, I God didn't damn like it. Moon Garden. I, I really want to watch Moon Garden, but I'm scared of the Randy Reed tread. Yeah. But I think I'll like, I think, honestly, I think it's going to make me cry. I don't want to watch it. I'm a little kid. You talked about the most depressing movie of all time about the little kid who was like fending for themselves at five years old. The Oh, dude, that was pre-having a kid, though. 
I do. Oh my God, Oksana, do you think we could watch that now? Yeah, I could. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, she could because she edits <laughs> snuff films on the side. She's no the problem. AI. She's the fucking AI. She's a Terminator. Someone told me I got the butcher after having a kid, and I, I don't know. I think she's talking about you. Yeah, but I hide it. You fucking wear it. You're so <laughs> yeah. proud of not going soft, which is scary. <laughs> I mean, I could sure. be wrong. But I, that movie was brutal. I bawled at Avatar two. All right. So. <laughs> Yikes. That I would hide. To be fair, though, it was it was he was like three months old or something. God, we gotta so. find new producers, dude. She's crying. At Avatar, oh, Avatar two. two came out in December. Cliff came in November, so it was. Uh, oh, that does count. Yeah, that's like a month. Randy, what's your excuse with Barbie? Uh, it's good. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> what if Randy had a family who was hiding? Well in the written. Oh. He was just like Randy's. A, Randy has funny. a secret family. A whole different life, dude. I'd be tired. That would be. I'd be scared if he revealed that. I would. My, my gut. And that, and that Randy only wears Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> <laughs> like loud colors. I, I would be terrified. And a wig. Oh, a wig. What kind of wig would you do? Oh, dude, like bangs. Mop. Yeah, Randy would have bangs, or a mullet, or both. Oh, dude, little biz in the front, party oh, in the back. You probably could do a mullet. You bitch. I want to do a mullet. <laughs> Oksana, can I do a mullet? You're not far from it. I wanted to do bangs, and I was not joking at one point, like uh, Bruce Dickinson, yeah. the best. And she she gave me the meanest look. Well, he grew his hair back again. Oh, he did? Yeah, he's long. No bangs. What color? No bangs. Is it gray? I don't think it's gray. No. He doesn't look like a wizard. Yeah. A lot of the older dudes, they can't pull it off because he thins out. Who's the director that's got the fucking fantastic hair in the mediocre movies? Mick Garris. Yeah, there you go, Mick Garris. <laughs> yeah, best thing about him is his I, Edgar Winter type of I hair. Can't, I can't help it. Most of his career is in the later part of his life, and that hair is the fucking 12 star. His movies, oh, I don't know. One star. Five, dude. All right, Randy, uh, leave our listeners with uh, some sage advice going into Thursday's interview. I don't have a ton of advice, but if you have any advice on how to get rid of uh, acid reflux that does not involve <laughs> stopping uh, drinking coffee, please let me know. Um, I may have to speak to a doctor, but I'm going to keep drinking coffee, sometimes with uh, w- with some almond milk to see if that, that does the trick. One day you'll help your own self, Randy. <laughs> we'll see you Sounds next like- week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at the Overlook Theater, Instagram at the Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.